Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of MGC. Today I have on Adam L. Deeb, who's here to discuss with us his art and the practice of all things artistic during this current climate of what is and isn't normal and accepted. We go from what it takes to be an artist and the growth of an artist, one who is able to push the bar higher and increase what they are capable of, all the way to the opportunities and the hindrances an artist has in this era of internet fame and mainstream 9 to 5 survival. This is a great episode for all of those out there who are passionate and need that extra kick in the butt to figure out what's the next step. Sometimes the best advice is the digested information obtained from multiple sources and refined by one's own thinking. So join us for this episode and enjoy every second of it. We'll see you at the end. This, this is it, man. Yo. This is it. Wait, your hat's on backwards, by the way. I think it is. Is it? Yeah. There you go. Well, so wait, so <laughs> so everyone at home, um, if you don't know Adam, Adam, which you probably don't, that's okay. So many of my like close personal friends in my circle are so excited to have Adam on, just because he's uh, your brother. I don't. Do you remember this? He was like, what's one word you can use to describe Adam? I sat there and I, for like four minutes, and I looked at it. I was like, goofy. And he exploded. He was so happy I used the word goofy because apparently he's been calling you that for like years. Like, that's who you are. You are. That's what you everybody are. calls me that. Why? Like, what, what do you think? You don't think you're goofy? I don't know what goofy means. Like, <laughs> what do you mean? That's just the word I get called. Like, I don't know if goofy means. <laughs> like, have like, you seen? Like, <laughs> you want. Like, I look extra silly? Like no. Okay, hold on. You remember when we were, like, doing, like, that Friendsgiving two or three years ago? And you guys, yo, guys, can you tell me how my woe is doing? And you started dancing, seriously. Yeah. We all looked at you and studied you, and I was like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> That's goofy. That's, you're just goofy, man. I had to get my woe right. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> it was just so stupid. I don't understand how it's goofy. I'm just trying to It's funny, because you're goofy. It. But you're goofy. Yeah. It's okay, though. No, that's what makes you you. That's why we like you so much. Be master. Or, like, master. Um, or, like, that's why um, when we were playing Risk that one time, you played that shrimp song, and that's become your song. Like, you're just it. you're just goofy, man. It's fun. I liked it at the time, and I like that you guys identified me with that song. But after a while, it got old, but it just never leaves. Bro, it's so funny. That's Permanently the funniest thing. into my character. So, before we started... Like a minute before, you were like, you just said, "Do you have any? What do you do? <laughs> do you have any questions planned out?" And um, let me explain. Like, okay, so how this goes is that it's free flowing conversation. That's what I'm all about, right? I feel like when you plan things out like that, you can get, you can hiccup, you can get like, you can stutter. You, like, oh, I forgot to do this. Oh, like, oh, wait, let's go back to that. I don't, yeah. I don't like that. Um, and it puts stress on me, and it could put stress on my guest. Usually, I have one reason to have people on. And um, it's like there's one thing or a few things I like about you, and those things end up creating a nice and cool and big conversation because you're interesting. A few of the reasons, other than what I just said, is that you're goofy and you're fun, and I and I like talking to you. Mm-hmm. Is um, I know like you're like you're not too big in, into it, meaning you don't try to revolve your life around. Cause I know you've got priorities you have to worry about, but I and I know you hate when I talk about it, but I love your art. I love how you're an artist. You're a good artist. Yeah, we could talk about it in this context. Yeah, well, I'd, I'd love to talk about it. Um, But also, I'm, 
I feel like I, if I ever met your mother, like, for, like, more than, like, a minute that one time. All right, dude. Come on. No, hold I'll on. I'll let you meet my hold mom. Hold on, hold on. I'd like, is this I'd what like, this is about? No. <laughs> I get <laughs> cornered. <laughs> I, would tell your ma- I would tell your mother how, your brother included, how, you know, well-spoken you guys both are. I know you came on, you're like, yo, I'm going to nah. be so stupid and silly. Screw my brother. But <laughs> No. I'm a well-spoken one. You guys. He's a little bitch. When you guys, even. You're just you guys are just good at like debating and arguing. Like I actually, you, you out of all the friends I've ever had, um, especially all the ones you got you know specifically, right? I've always been able to overcome any argument and like figure out and end up. I want to use the word winning, like winning the argument because that kind of sounds stupid and mean. But like I was always able to come out either knowing myself or the other person better and figuring things out, right? But when I speak with you or your brother, I'm like, well, you guys stumped me. Like, it's hard to, like, and I don't want to give you that much power. But really, you guys are, like, really good at, like, finding flaws in people's arguments. And, so I win. And I. And you're a loser. And I, <laughs> I appreciate or <laughs> respect that about you guys. No, nah, I'm just kidding. No, I mean, if we're talking about something, it's, it's because everybody else, when you talk to them, they don't really care too much about those kind of things. Yeah. Like me, you, or, like, Abraham. Like, we, like, think of, like. We, we, we ask questions a lot of the times. Yeah. So we start developing answers, and then we poke holes in our own logic. So when we come together, it's like, you know, we sharpen the blade. Yeah, well, of course. Um, And so I'm, I don't remember the first time, like, the first argument or, like, discussion you and I had. But, like, as soon as, like, we did, like, have that, like, discourse, what it, like, we started having that kind of uh, friendship, I realized, well, I got a lot to learn. Because, like, this random kid that I just met – is like so well versed, yet he's like singing Pokemon songs at like in the cafeteria. Like it's just it was just funny. Like um, you don't know people <laughs> until you really know them, you know. Did I sing Pokemon songs? It sounds exactly like you that. definitely did. I was like when Pokemon Go was coming out and shit. Anyway, um, no, but like so that's one of the reasons because I enjoy the challenge, I guess, of talking to you because you challenge me, um. Which happens with a lot of people. Like, I know, like, uh, I was just talking to Bashoy. He was episode, I think, seven or six. Six? I think it was six. Um, and we had a good, intelligent conversation about, you know, immigration and about race and about, you know, right and wrong. And um, there wasn't much of an argument there. I, th- I feel like I did more listening than uh, speaking because I, like, he knew a lot from firsthand experience and I didn't, um, which was great. But between you and I, we, for the most part, have lived the same social life except for you lived in new york for a while mm-hmm. um so then like we can really get into it and like i'm not just gonna listen to you i'm gonna like challenge you too also i feel like the nature of our relationship you just like we just argue anyway oh, absolutely so it's like with him maybe you're like ah, he's a good friend but it's like i don't want to get into a super deep argument about something but I'm with like, me it's like yeah. i don't take it personal like we just argue about anything literally like no old bars well but bashoy and i have had or have a really good uh friendship and and Bashoy's the kind of guy, and like this is kind of like a love letter to Bashoy, honestly, because like he's the kind of guy where you you want to listen to what he has to say because you know when you or your brother, myself, when we argue, it's like we, even though we don't mean to, we always end up trying to speak over each other or like we're kind of aggressive in the way we're like speaking. We talk at people, not with people, and that's a you know a flaw that we have to fix in the way we discuss. But with Bashoy. He really wants you, he wants to help you understand him. He's not trying to tell you why he's right. He's like, un- this is why I think the way I do. I'm trying to help you understand me. Mm-hmm. So that's the difference between, like, you and Bashoy. So you're right. When it's me and you, 
I'm like, bro, fuck off. Let's do this. Like, right now. <laughs> I'll get the wrestling mats out. Let's go. Um, but, yeah. So I don't know. I think it's funny. I but, feel um, like when you made that statement about all three of us, it was primarily talking about you, Abraham. No, I've had really good conversations with Abraham. No, but when I'm talking about the, like, aggressiveness. Like, Maybe talking to you. over each other. <laughs> okay, that's you know what? classic, you know what? Abraham. You do, I feel like you do better listening than Abraham, but I also notice you and Abraham both go, okay, we'll go ahead and finish and listen. But I also feel like that's kind of, like, condescending, and it's like, oh, let me not listen to you in silence, and then I'll talk. No, I listen. <laughs> I listen to what but you no, say. But no, sometimes, no, I know you do. But sometimes I, I'm like, I don't give a shit what he's gonna say, because I already know it's I, gonna be wrong. I know you so do. I'm like, yo, it's time to argue. <laughs> it just comes <laughs> off that way. It just comes off. Like, if you're like, he, if we're both talking, okay, go ahead. And I'm, and I'm sitting there like this. <laughs> it's like, bro, like, are you, like, come on. Yeah, we're definitely a lot more rude. I'm just saying. You're don't get it twisted, Bashoy. Like, he's Egyptian, right? <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's Where Egyptian. the number one? I'm the number one Egyptian, all right? <laughs> you better stay off my lane. All Get right? the hell out of here. Nah, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. He's awesome. He's great. The one time, Adam. But you're not a better Egyptian than me, all right? <laughs> what the hell? Let's get that You straight. weren't even born in Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> you was. I think I've been to Egypt like two times. But, like, <laughs> I mean, I'm the number one person that is also Egyptian. All oh, right? my gosh. Um, but, but also, in addition to the reasons why I wanted to have you on, just like Bashoy. Um, because of, uh, you know, your, your parents, your, your mother, your father, your brother, your, uh, whether, um, it's your friends at New York or the people you grew up with in Tongue River, you, I respect your opinion on a lot of things. And even if I disagree with them, you, you're so good at, you know, understanding people. Whereas like Bashoy wants to help people understand him. He's really good at communicating with people. You're really good at understanding people. Um, so like there was a time when we were driving back from a hike, you, Amanda, and I, and I don't know exactly where, oh, we, I think we were talking about college and how, you know, the prices and if, is it, is it worth it? And like, it's so stupid how people pressure you into going. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a very constructive conversation and I enjoyed every second of it. And that was a good car. That ride. was a very good car ride. And like, I, I, I really appreciate you being able to understand people and are willing to let people try to explain themselves. Um, yeah. I don't know. I like that about you and your, you know, your political views, your, um, the way you, uh, like your discourse, the way you explain things. I just like it. You know, when people have people on like, look, like and everyone listening right now, like, obviously, like no shit. Right. I just started this podcast brand new and I'm having a lot of fun and I feel like a lot of people are enjoying it. Am I going to be able to have like people like, uh, I don't know, name a politician. Absolutely not. But the people I do have on. The respect I have for them is, is immense. And in a few weeks, I'm going to have some, someone on. Her name's Kylie. She works three jobs. She's going to school. She's taking care of her family. This whole podcast is about p- bringing people like you and her on and finding out what normal people, what their views are on things and how they deal with life and, you know, their, you know, passions. So that's it. That's, that's I'm like, that's kind of like an intro. Uh, but I enjoyed that. Some good ego stroking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you hear that, MGC people? Like, <laughs> it's only on here. I'm going to get these sweet words from Mark. Uh, uh, I've got complimented you before. Oh, true. But this is the like a little extra, you know? This is like extra sauce on that. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, anyway. Um, yeah, so I want to talk to you first about your art. Um, sure. You were always able to draw like that, right? Or like you always had a passion for that, right? Nah, I, it was... Middle school, I remember I liked to draw because I thought, like, oh, I'm really good and all this shit. Yeah. Because I was, like, copying stuff. And, I, 
know, like it's like when there's like stages that certain like amateur artists go through, and I'm an amateur artist, like yeah. at least the way I consider myself. Well, like, you're not professional to get paid. Yeah, well, that's if that's the definition, then yeah, for sure. Then yeah. I'm definitely an amateur. But uh, actually, I think I've got paid once or twice for it. Yeah, bring that. Yeah, see, see, that's what happens with the mics here. Oof, oof. All right. Yeah, that's mainly like friends and stuff. Yeah, watch this. Do it like this. Like you want the the bait the the pad of the actual thing to be right on your mouth. Nice. Okay. There you Much go. Much better. I'm Beautiful. very sorry, audience. The audio will be pristine for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was like just copying shit. Uh-huh. Like I would copy Yu-Gi-Oh cards or some cartoons that I liked, and I was like, oh, I'm the shit. I could do anything. I can draw anything. I just thought, oh, drawing's easy, whatever. And I didn't give a shit. But then I saw, like, other better artists, and I was like, ah, whatever. But I wasn't passionate about it, so I didn't mm-hmm. care that they were better. But then it's, like, I think late late in high school, like, I real like that's when I started getting into it. The more I realized I wasn't hot shit, and the more I tried to improve it, it's, like, subconsciously it became a hobby, and then, like, I just improved from there. And I took more and more of an interest. Yeah, because, you know, I love what my friends do for their passions. Like, you know, every single time I move into a new house, I'm like, guys, come draw my wall. Um, I have this painting, painting, finger painting, actually, of an a-, a UFO, and it's by my friend Kayla. Um, and, like, I've been carrying that around with me everywhere. She has a note on the back of it. I, I cherish it. Um, I took, before I moved out of my old house, I took pictures of all your drawings on my wall, and now they're part of my screensaver role on my computer. Um, so I... I look at people like you that, you know, start like that. And I think it's funny when people start not realizing they're like, oh, it's whatever, like you just said, then they end up being really good. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's really, that's really cool. You start with the Yu-Gi-Oh cards, you said? Yu-Gi-Oh cards, Pokemon. I had like Game Informer magazines with Goku in the front. Oh, uh, yeah. Just draw it. Like, uh, it's just literally because I wanted to recreate from the anime and cartoons that I really liked. And that's what made me like redraw it because i thought it was really awesome i could recreate that thing so, so you you so you've t- you've taken you know like most artists you take inspiration from other uh art is that do you think that's where you got your style or do you think you kind of have your own style by now no i i feel like i mean there's like there's techniques that i keep relying on mm-hmm. that uh you could tell i drew it because i keep using those same techniques but i've never done a conventional way of like or I wouldn't even call it conventional, but I didn't do, like, formal practice of uh, art properly. Like, sometimes I practiced anatomy, but I didn't do it to the degree where I, like, I'm now consistently able to, like, draw things with proper perspective and everything. Uh-huh. It's more like I see things from cartoons or TV. I'm like, oh, they drew eyes that way. Let me put it into my own work. And uh, I, I, like, developed a reliance and a complacency in which I keep using those particular styles. And then because of that, okay. I ended up, like... Having a style, but it's really a style that's just like it's like Frankenstein, right? It's like it's like signifiers, like you like it's like little like signals that like you see this the way I drew that thing, you could tell that I that's mine, like th- between me and my brother. Mm-hmm. I can tell the difference between you and your brother, by the yeah. way. I can see it, but it's not a style necessarily. It's because I feel like I feel like when when we talk about like an artist style, there's like artists who like they master everything, or most for the most part they master anatomy, perspective, shading, everything. And then from those qualities, they develop a very consistent pattern. And then that's how you could tell, like, they have a style. But for me, like, one thing can look one way and another can look another way. But I still need to practice until I can reach a thing that I can call my own style. Gotcha. So, because I feel like the same thing happens with writers. um, Is where it's like, 
I read this article, not article, but it's like a blog post this one time about um, how this author, or I guess uh, aspiring author, said that he was in love with Stephen King so much when he was younger that he wanted to be an author. And he ended up writing, the kid ended up writing a little story about, you know, this guy went into a basement and he was getting attacked attacked by cockroaches and, the, and they brought him in to this underground, like, labyrinth and there's the cockroaches kept getting bigger and bigger and they were like mutated cockroaches. That's literally a mm-hmm. Stephen King book, but he used rats instead, Stephen King. The kid mm-hmm. loved Stephen King so much, he just wanted to be like, he wanted to write mm-hmm. something that beautiful or that cool. Um, so I feel like the same thing happened with artists and writers um, or, uh, you know, well, not drawers. What's what's the word? Um, illustrators and writers is that um, you take inspiration, and if you don't practice enough, you always. I feel like you always are going to end up writing somebody else's work or drawing. You know that comedian George Carlin. Yes, he was like an interview, and he said like his family had a history in public speaking, and that his like grandfather couldn't. Uh, he couldn't like read or write or something, and he said that he would like rewrite Shakespeare. Just because he wanted to know that he could, he he just wanted to have the feeling of he wrote that kind of masterpiece. Yeah, I understand even though, that. Even though he can't fully understand it, and he's not even like good enough to do something like that, he just wanted to emulate it because of his passion for it. You know? I totally understand that though, and I'm and I'm obviously you do too. It's like because you know when I write I'll, or I, when I read, I'm like, man, I really wish I could have wrote something like that. Even in Johnny's episode, I just had um, he wrote a screenplay which. It's phenomenal. Whether it's not, it's your taste and story. The screenplay is really good, and his writing is really good, and I really, I really liked it. And I read some you of. Just send it to me, honestly. I might want to read it. Well, go go look on the episode. You could email him for the for the co- a copy. He's he's letting people read it. Um, That's so much work. Well, send if you want to read me. it, no, I'm not lazy. gonna send it to you. You gotta go contact him. I see I'm what not the joking. Mark Turbino connections about. It's this it's how they treat their guests. <laughs> it's so good. But I read some of his work and I was like, I wish I was able to come up with that line. Now, are there some things that I think I have that are better than Johnny's? Yes, when it comes to story at least, because I have my taste and he has his. Mm-hmm. But the way he the way he writes stuff sometimes I'm like, man, that's really good. I'm happy for him. I wish I could have done that. And I understand that with, you know, like you said with George Carlin, it's like or his grandfather or his father or whatever. It's like you want to be able to feel that passion and that art flow through your veins and it kind and it feels fraudulent but it feels good at the same time you know there's a movie about that there's a movie about this writer and he kind of sucks and he goes on vacation with his uh wife to paris and in paris he goes to like a uh thrift shop and in the thrift shop there's a suitcase on a shelf and he liked the suitcase because he's a writer i'll take the suitcase i can put all my stuff in it he gets home and there's a stack of papers in there. And he reads it, and it's a beautiful book. It's a beautiful book about this man who loses his wife to war, or loses his wife because he had to, like, go to war or something. I don't know. And he ends up, just because he wanted to feel that that art flow mm-hmm. through his veins, he typed it on the computer. And then he went to sleep. And the next next day, his wife read it. And he's like, she's like, this is beautiful. The best book you've ever written. And he's like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I just did that. Now we hit the rest of the movie. He tries to convince everybody this is his book, and he sells mm-hmm. it. and He makes so much money, but it wasn't actually his. So, but it's about you know wishing you could feel, you know, that art being that good. No, I know what you mean, but you know, at the end of the day, it's like that's the thing with art. I I appreciate people who uh, 
who go about things their own way because it's like almost like a fingerprint, you know? Mm-hmm. It's very mm-hmm. individualized. Of course. And you want to see what this brain can concoct. Like, if I see your brain, I want I want to see what you would, how you would translate realities and, like, how you would translate things you've absorbed in your life and then turn it into whatever format of art. So if I'm drawing something, it's like, I mean, when I draw something, it's not really artistic in the sense that I'm putting meaning into it. If I were to write a story, then you would... Like, it's more like I, what I visually have collected in my brain. Yeah. That's like that database. Yeah. But or I like think it's fascinating. By when the way. it comes to writing, it's like more like a database of like experiences in life and stuff like that, that uh, contribute to it. Because then all that stuff gets translated into the book because it's all your perspectives and mm-hmm. used into like some weird mash. It, it actually, depending on fiction or nonfiction. Well, even, even with fiction, though, I mean, like, I feel like anyone that doesn't insert themselves into their writing is kind of doing it wrong. I mean, more so with fiction. That's why I mean, oh, okay. not, not saying like biography well, or anything. That's yeah, because I mean, like, if you're writing a historical, like, you know, like factual stuff that's just like, I'm a historian, here's this, then you kind of can't really. But you could also kind of can't. Like, this book right here, uh, this book right here, um, this book right here, they're all historical uh, books about actual things that happened, but the writers inserted their opinions about it because that's what you do as a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I mean, like, and that's why I asked you, um, you know, about your writing and not writing, uh, drawing and, you know, where you brought inspiration from. And if you think like it's your own or is it somebody else's bec- and um, because it matters. And then also like in when when you're able to make something from your own mind, whether you're writing something or drawing something, it feels so good, man, like to create mm-hmm. something, but it's okay and, like, I got to tell people now, it's okay to ask for help and to get inspiration from other things. I think it was you or your brother that actually said to me, it's, it's a pr- it's pretty, I think, common quote, but, or, you know, thought, is that, like, the best artists know how to steal. Um, which, like, the whole George Lucas thing. Like, George Lucas stole, like, his entire story from, like, uh, like basically biblical stuff. Um, he, also, he also, he took from, like, I think it was a Kurosawa film, uh, Hidden Fortress or something. Probably. I'm not sure. But... Yeah, that's the that's what the, the the best artists know how to steal, um, which is kind of shitty thinking about it. But mm-hmm. I mean, like, it's hard grabbing inspiration from things that have never been there from nothing, right? So it's either you got to grab inspiration from your own life or inspiration from things you've seen. And like even back then, like I'm reading a book by Epictetus. I'm sure it's a philosopher. It's about Stoicism, and it's like philosophers back then were like basically fiction writers because philosophy is common sense that people don't think about so i'm reading it and it's like back then you had to kind of just think like on your own think about what happened today and then figure that day out pick that apart and that's kind of what fiction was i mean like there's stories back then of course and they came from nothing like um the odyssey it's like it came it, it you just gotta comes from nothing but it's life lessons so their inspiration was life lessons and today you could have life life lessons or you grab inspiration from the Odyssey. That's how it works, you know. I mean, like, I don't, I don't think people should feel bad about that. It shouldn't matter. Yeah, this stuff, it's it hinder. I hate commentary like that when the people say like, "Oh, this is such a ripoff of this," which sometimes it's true, but like you're hindering creativity either way because yeah. it's no matter what, nothing is truly original. Like if you were if you were born without an entire civilization behind you and history and everything, 
you would just be like a regular caveman running around the forest. Like, yeah. you wouldn't know anything. And also, yeah, cave paintings are just inspiration from what the animals were doing, you know? It's like, we've exactly. all seen that before, bro. We've all seen it. Give me something new. It's it's the height of hubris to think that you mm-hmm. think, like, oh, I've created something. Like, that's, that's like, something like, like, you're basically calling yourself a god. But no, yeah. nothing you ever did is original. No idea you ever... All it is, this is what I consider originality, is, like, you as a person, you ha- you have your functioning brain and you absorb knowledge and then what you do is mash that up. It's like every single thing you output as art is basically a remix of reality. So it's like I can, abs- I can like have been raised by a single father or mm-hmm. I could be an orphan or whatever. I could be in a rich neighborhood or a poor neighborhood. All these things will offer up a different like blend of what my perspective is going to be or how I think. Then I add in like events and things I want to happen in a story or something. And then all this stuff mashed together is just a remix of reality. And then that's the creation. It's like, so like art, like, what is it? Life imitates art or art imitates life. It depends on who you ask. I think it's to a, to oh, a sorry, degree. I'm, th- I'm thinking about something else. Yeah, you're right in that quote. I was thinking about something else. Sorry. I think it's both ways, but it's like art, art comes from life and then people observe art and that influences their life. It's yeah, just, you can see it everywhere. Yeah. It's not, there's nothing original. It's all yeah. just cop. It just let people try to be creative. Don't be a plagiarist and like bullshit your way through things and then be yeah. like, I want to, I want to be original. And then like, if you write fanfics or something, like I don't like, I don't like personally think it's really awesome or anything to write fanfics, but there's a bunch of people who do like young, young people who like, who yeah, maybe I mean, they go it's on Tumblr also and shit. Fun. Like, it's a hobby. Yeah. It's also, it's like this stuff will lead to your development as you get older. You can create new, better things from this like mm-hmm. very like. It's like a weak point. Like me, like just like me practicing on drawing Yu-Gi-Oh cards or like drawing Pokemon or whatever. Like literally, yeah. it's because I thought it was so cool. Something in my childhood brain was like, this design is so awesome. I got to recreate it. 100. You know? 100%. It's, yeah. And I don't, I don't see like normal people, like more normal everyday people, like giving people shit for it. Like when you were a kid, do you remember like anyone saying, oh, you're just copying Yu-Gi-Oh cards? Do you ever remember anyone saying that? No, not really. Right? But the only people that criticize you are other artists, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. But it's like you'd think that other writers and other, you know, illustrators and other musicians would be like, that was really good. Or um, I can see what you did there. Or, well, you sampled that really nicely. But I feel like a lot of the minority, actually, but the mi- like some people are like, you just copied that. You stole that. You like it's not original. It's not as good as me. It's like it's the ego is huge and it, it hinders there's you no know, point in doing it. Yeah, it, it hinders artists. But also, you ever seen the movie uh, Whiplash, The Drummer? Oh, I love that movie. So good. Dude, I, I've been going crazy over that movie ever since I watched it. He he talks about um, how the, the next best drummer, drummer wouldn't have quit or something or wouldn't mm-hmm. have been afraid or wouldn't have cried or whatever. That's kind of the same thing with any kind of artist because like <laughs> if, if you're an illustrator and other illustrators are saying to you, hey, you're just copying. This is, this is, you're a hack. I've seen this before. If you let that get to you, you were never going to be the best artist. You know, you got to just fuck them. Fuck Dude, them. That you movie know? is so sick. This is the thing, though. It's like, you're never going to, it's it's all about, like, that movie, I love it so much. It's all about just pressure. How much, like, pressure is it worth yeah. doing for the, in the name of art? Like, is art, is, re- is reaching new peaks of art or, like, craftsmanship worth, like, putting so many people through emotional distress, like, is yeah. reaching that, like, so worth it? Like and also, um, before you con- con- continue, I just want to say everyone at home is that even if you're not an artist or a writer or a musician or, you know, if you don't, you know, create things with your hands, I don't care. If you're working out, if you have a new job, an old job, if you have a child, if you do anything, if you play a video game, this could apply to all of that. So 
listen, but I want you to relate this to what you're going through. Cause like, like for Tim example, right. And I'm, I want, I want you to get back to where you're going mm-hmm. to It's like, um, he started his new job and he's doing a great job. He's having a lot of fun. He's really growing into it. And he likes a lot of the people there. He's, he's it's good for him. It's great for him. Um, and every day he gets better. Every day he learns more. He invests more into his job. It's like, you're not an artist, Timmy, mm-hmm. but you have, you're, you're an artist for what you do and you could always grow. And you listen to people like us saying that, like when other people give you shit and, and all that and getting a better education. It's like, why would you do that? Why, why would you just do it this way or do it that way? There's always ways to contribute all arts, all trades, all educations into this conversation and whether or not you're working hard enough and whether or not other people are being assholes or they actually have merit to what they're saying. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm, I don't know if you remember where you where you were going. I just wanted to pull everybody into this. Now you're good. But uh, yeah, but it's like what I'm mainly saying is like, well, actually, it, it was kind of a detour going into Whiplash, but I just love that movie so much. So it's good. like so good. It's just the idea of like it, it's all just pressure makes diamonds. That's what, it's all what it's yeah, about. Yeah, that's a good and way. Like, to put is it, it worth it? Like, is it worth like sacrificing people's mental health and all this stuff so yeah. you can produce that? And as an artist, I, I I can understand to a degree why you would want to put someone through that so you could develop this new like this this new talent. You want to you want the world to see something this valuable, right? Yep. But in the other hand, the movie also stresses that it's like this is a niche thing. Is art art is not the end all be all. Like that's why he goes to that that scene where he goes to his house and he meets his cousin. Yeah. Plays football and all that shit. Like it's it's not everything. You know, sometimes you get so caught up into something you think this is the this is like what this is like what this is the what world want. This is what the the like your reality's value is. Like, but that's not everybody's value, so it doesn't really matter. So like yeah, that's pretty much it. That, I just no, really like that movie. Yeah, it's so good. And then the other thing where the, the one of the lines in it, he says, uh, the worst two words mankind's ever created was good job. And then it goes and says, like, how much discipline is good and how much, you know, constru- construction is good. Like, like are you supposed... Cause I feel like the whole idea is that if you tell people to do a good job, they're going to stagnate. They're going to get comfortable. But if you keep telling people not good enough, they're going to keep getting better. And then he says, but to the people that are offended by me saying get better mm-hmm. and quit, they were never going to be better. So it goes into the question is like how much discipline is good and how much is too much, you know? See, this is where I disagree with his character is more like it's about negative reinforcement and positive reinforcement to a degree. Yeah. He's right because in a militant way, negative reinforcement can, it, it'll, it'll get you like an overall, like it'll push people very hard and they'll, it'll like force them to, to make it their priority to get better. Yeah. But also there's like a, it, it's also positive reinforcement's important too. I feel like the more skilled you are, like if you were going to be the best, then you would eventually like gradually reach the point where it's like, I'm done with the positive reinforcement. Now that I'm like a professional, I need the, I need like not negative reinforcement, but like I need the honest, like I need honest training. I need honest perspectives. I need, I need somebody to correct me when I'm doing something wrong. Not, yeah, you know, that's, that's really how it is. You have to be honest with yourself. When people take criticism personally, it's like, it's know who you're getting the criticism from. Yeah. And understand that like criticism can be very valuable to you and you have to be self-aware if you're not then you could just get offended from a criticism and then all you'll do is stagnate and you won't get any better. It's also like some people are, are, are assholes, even if they don't mean to be, because you ask for criticism or you ask for, you know, help on something. 
or even if you don't, some people will just tell you everything that's wrong with it and they'll be mean about it. I feel like, yeah, obviously their their information, what they're saying about your work, it still has value. But it's like, I can't tell if you're actually serious or you just don't like me, you know? It's like, mm-hmm. if you're an artist, if, you, if you're at a gallery and you have, like, a painting up there and somebody comes in who's, you know, went to the same school as you and maybe you're better than them, they, they couldn't graduate. Mm-hmm. And they look at your work and they're, they give you constructive criticism, but they're mean about it. So you can't tell if they actually think that way or they just want to put you down. So I feel like the way you give people constructive criticism really matters. Because I was like, how am I supposed to consume what you're saying to me if I can't tell if you're being genuine? This is my perspective on it. Go ahead. And this is why, like, when people criticize things, I'm like, like this is... Because people, like, criticism is like is like a um, kind of like giving somebody a key to power over, like, because their opinion now is important or the, their opinion matters if their criticism is now valued. So, like, they're... A lot of people like get stupid with it and start just saying like, Oh, I see a problem here. I see a problem there, you know? And, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of like when you had a, a, a first draft for your essay or something and yeah. you have to peer review it. And then you, the student next to you will start correcting. If they read it the first time and they didn't care about it, they wouldn't go that crazy. But if they start like being forced to find mistakes, they'll just correct everything yeah. as much as possible. But what I'm trying to say is mostly like, it's like, Critics, critics, like a good critic doesn't just point out flaws. They point out like positives and like what you're trying to do. They look for the merit in what your creation well, is. Oh, yeah. Right. You at least have to point that out. So that way I can know that you're not being disingenuous. Because if you're not pointing out positives and you're just pointing out negatives, then it's less of a it's criticism. Like what do I have to build on? Like I'm getting trapped. You're just telling me what to remove. Tell me what to build upon, right? Yeah. It's so stupid. I was, Sasha. My first episode, I had her on. I spoke to her a few days ago because she's a writer, too, and she wrote a screenplay. It's a short. It's, like, I think eight pages. And I don't want to tell her story because I don't want... It's not my... Per- I don't have permission to tell her story. But she's writing a short for a class for for school, and she asked for my opinion about it. I read the whole thing, and I told her what I didn't like about it, but I also told her what I think was really good. And then I told her, this is my opinion, Sasha. You do with it what you want. This is what I would have changed to make it better in my eyes. I feel like if you just tell people, and this is literally what you just said, if you just tell people what you don't like about something, with a, there's red ink everywhere, mm-hmm. you aren't helping them. And it's also, I was talking to Johnny, my last podcast. He He's a writer too, and he'll send out his screenplays to like a peer review website and... We t- Johnny and I talked about how some people that peer review your stuff will talk about how they didn't like the story. It's like, bro, that's not what I'm fucking asking you. Tell yeah. me if my grammar's wrong. Tell me if you could understand what I'm saying. So it's mm-hmm. like people just don't know how to criticize, I feel like. There's there's plenty of works that I just I don't like because I personally don't like it. But I try to look for what were they trying to convey? Uh-huh. Did they convey it? Did they do a good job conveying it? Just because I don't like what they conveyed in general doesn't mean that it's a bad exactly. it's a bad piece of work. It just means that I personally didn't like it. It's like like let's say like there's there's like like personally, it's it's like difficult not difficult but like I don't like seeing a lot of movies that have like rape in it just so blatantly or something. What do you mean blatantly? Like or or not blatantly? Have you seen the last like, door on the left? No, I think that's what it was. Or last house on the left. It's like there's a huge rape scene in that. It's fucking weird. 
this is the thing. It's like I I don't personally like rape too much because rape I, I don't know it, it personally kind of like affects me in a way where I'm just like it triggers me right okay but like like I can I can look at a work and say okay this rape scene was meant to convey this and then I'll be like okay this makes sense story wise I understand why they did that and even though sometimes I may not like the way it's incorporated in a story I'm not saying old stories I don't like if they have it but like. If I don't like the way it's incorporated in a story, that doesn't necessarily mean the story did it wrong. It just means that I personally yeah. got, I personally just kind of like it. It ticked me off in a way that I couldn't enjoy it as much. I, that, that's yeah. not the end all be all. I, I also feel like I don't know who I was talking to about this, but they said they were reading a book or someone was re- one of their friends reading a book and they were triggered by. Oh no, you know I was talking to Sasha. I think she said that like. Okay, for the general gist about her story, her story is about, like, anxiety. Mm-hmm. She was saying that she doesn't want to make it too hardcore because she doesn't want to, you know, trigger people, make them feel uncomfortable. And I, on the other side of that, though, it's like, but if you are able to trigger people, make them feel uncomfortable, then your story is probably pretty good. Because then you actually were able to take what they feared out into reality. And I feel like people would actually respect the film. They might not be able to watch it again. They might not be able to get through the whole thing. But mm-hmm. that person who created that knows what I'm going through. I appreciate that. The other thing with like, this is gonna sound so awful, mm-hmm. with the uh, you know like rape in movies and in books, um, even like comic books. Um, there's a way you gotta go about it where it's like, okay, this is realistic. To like, you're just doing this because you enjoy writing about it, and that's not mm-hmm. cool. That's weird. So, I don't know. I mean, like, oh yeah, there's there's, it, it has to make sense narratively, yeah. or like there has to be a reasoning for. It. If there's not. And you're basically just kind of like, you're basically. Oh, put this in there. That's yeah. crazy. It's, Do it. It's for personal satisfaction. It's so like, stupid. Then it becomes not like a story. It becomes like some. It's almost like someone jerking off. Like it's like for you. Yeah. It's like, like that's your it's satisfaction. Like, it's not for me. It's your pleasure. I feel like a lot of people would say that about Stephen King because in the book it, and like <laughs> with that whole group rapes, not group rape. The they orgy they scene run the a train on this girl. It's ridiculous. And then and he gets really detailed, but. Some people be like, oh, you just threw that in for no reason. Mm-hmm. But the reason he threw that in, and this is kind of off, the, we're kind of going off the deep end here, but the reason why he threw that in is because when they were fighting Pennywise, they mm-hmm. couldn't get out of the sores because they were still kids. So to be able, because Pennywise wasn't able to affect adults, Pennywise could only affect kids because kids were afraid of what? Monsters. They were afraid of the dark. Adults are afraid of taxes and you know, mm-hmm. mortgage payments. So Pennywise can't form into a mortgage payment, so it's not scary. So he has to feed off the kids. Because they're still kids and because Pennywise was still alive, mm-hmm. they couldn't escape until they became adults. The only way to do that was to lose their virginity. And once they did that, they were able to escape. So it's kind of a cool, like, it's like, wow, you know, that was well thought out. But um, I feel like a lot of people look at that from the outside and be like, you just threw it in there for no reason. What Fuck. I would say is that it makes narrative sense. But it's also, like, we also have to understand as a writer, mm-hmm. like, you have the power to <laughs> go about this exact message yeah. in so many different <laughs> yeah. ways. And you could maybe even make ways that are more impactful than what you did. Yeah. But it's, like, it's just so strange that the first thing he, he thought, not first thing, but, like, what he thought of was, like, a group orgy scene with kids and that that would translate well with the audience. Well, I mean, what? technically it did. <laughs> it was like, a great book. I, mean, I know, like, I know. But people always have criticism for that scene specifically. But it's like, I, I get what he's doing. It makes sense. It's I so get good. it. It makes sense for the story, right? But like a child losing innocence or a coming of age story, like 
does not have to have someone literally coming of age. You know, like that's oh, you're crazy. Sick fuck. <laughs> you sick fuck. Dude, I was thinking of that joke mentally while I was talking. And I was like, I gotta deliver it. I don't care. <laughs> it's so oh, tell me that wasn't so clever. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> Oh, you're getting demonetized. I don't even, I'm not even monetized yet. <laughs> All right, then YouTube's going to take some yeah, money from take, you. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, you, you owe us. Yeah. You owe us. Your friend said, come. You better, <laughs> you better pay us money. Yeah. Um, But it was, the book was so good. It taught you, like, if you read the book, it teaches you so much about why things happen in the movies. And Stephen King, oh, he's incredible. All right, there's another Stephen King book, The Stand. Look how fucking big this thing is. Yeah, I th- it's. I think. Look at him bragging about how much he reads. The second most, or the most, the the biggest Stephen King book. I love this one, but the problem with Stephen King is that it a lot. A lot of fans have this complaint. Okay, okay. In the book, it eighty pages. Mm-hmm. Learning about one of the characters' father, and his like, and him growing up in in Derry. Mm-hmm. Just to learn that he saw Pennywise once, it was the most pointless eighty pages of my life. <laughs> it was so gut wrenching. It took me like three days to read that because I hated it. <laughs> this book in the stand, mm-hmm. there's a there's a part, and I'm gonna I'm trying my best to stay away from spoilers. In the stand, there's this part where these three characters walk for like two weeks to a destination for nothing. <laughs> they get there. They spend three pages there, mm-hmm. and we move on. All right, but it's like, it's like there's a difference between progression of the actual story just, and like trying to emphasize certain things. Oh my gosh! I but just like couldn't. I don't, I don't know personally what happened. Like, so it doesn't tri- like I could see why someone would do that if it played a role. I still into enjoyed the it though. Story. I still enjoyed it. Yeah, it's just that like because when you look at the whole picture, like oh, okay, cool. But like when you're in it, when you're in the middle of reading it, and then you realize why you've been reading the last eighty pages, you're like, are you fucking kidding me? You just shoved a short story to a long book. I, I'll, I'm gonna, I'm gonna mail like, actually mail Stephen King. Be like, you owe me three days of my <laughs> life. I want you to find a way to give those back to me. It's like, it's, oh my gosh. Wasn't Stephen King on a lot of drugs <sighs> while he was writing a lot of? Yeah, shit? he doesn't even remember half the books he wrote. <laughs> he's, he's doing cocaine. He was drinking Listerine because he wasn't allowed to buy alcohol or something. Like that you, you can't wa- be healthy. You walk into his writing room. I read another book by Stephen King. It's, it's on writing. I actually think you should read this. This is so good. It because it talks about, it talks about um don't crease my fucking paper. <laughs> it talks about, um you know him growing up and it was just fun because it's kind of like autobiographical. I auto by you know what I'm saying. Biographical. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. And um, <laughs> it's really good. I uh, but he talks about how he's on. I can't even reach. He talks about how he's on a lot of drugs and how he would open his writing room, and there was cocaine and there's cigarettes everywhere and listerine and. You got it? Hold on. Stop. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. You're you're freaking me out. <laughs> I'm very particular about oh, my books. So many creases already. That's what I like to see. Oh, my gosh. You're going to give me anxiety. <laughs> um, I see Amanda will open books, and she'll she'll fold the pages instead of using bookmarks, and I freak oh. out. Like, what the? Oh, no, no. oh, that's so disgusting. When I open Why books, when I open books, I don't even open all the way. I like I like peek in like a fucking keyhole because I don't want to crease it because I like my books looking nice. And I know it's like my mother will be like, you don't, don't you want them to look loved and like well used and worn? Like I understand that, but I want them to look perfect. No, I don't want them to look worn. I want it to look like I, the day I bought it. Stephen just like King is fucked else. up. The, all my st- almost all my Stephen King, like look at this. 
You know what you should do? You should chew on her TV or something and then be like, don't you want your TV to look loved and worn? Like, <laughs> yeah, no. Don't you normally you want that chew shit on your to TV? look like the day you bought it from Best Buy. What are you talking about? Um, anyway, yeah. Um, that's you know my opinion about all that art stuff. But uh, we were talking. We were talking about rape scenes. This <laughs> <laughs> that's what you choose to come back to <laughs> well, because that's when we start talking about Stephen King. That's where we left off. Yeah, that's not where I wanted to go back. We were to. talking, dude. Like we, there's so many, so much before <laughs> that. But you chose rape scenes. <laughs> no, what's wrong no, with you? Because, because <laughs> that's literally where we we sectioned off from the main conversation because we were talking about like writing things like copying things from other people. This is the guy you're watching right <laughs> Oh, my God. Just want to talk about rape scenes all the time. That's what I came here for. <laughs> I drove 30 minutes over here just so we could talk about that. No, we were, there were so many things before it, dude. <laughs> you just went, like, the first thing in the search history. Go a little deeper. Scroll down a little. Good, good. You picked something. We were talking about criticism. You don't yeah. remember that? Um, I know. We were talking about the criticism of people not doing... Rape scene's correct. The rape scene was an example about the okay. criticism. All right, let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> oh, my God. Unbelievable. Is that hieroglyphs? What's on your phone? Oh, dude, it's Fucking sick. E- Egyptian, and you've got Egyptian hieroglyphs on yo, your phone? Audience, look at this shit. Look at that Egypt shit. This is why I'm better than... Bashoi? Uh, Bashoi, bro. Bashoi, you have this shit? No, I'm the better Egyptian. Just face it. Look at this. Golden hieroglyphics, bro. I read my people. You remember that hieroglyph that um, looks like a helicopter? What, that alien shit? No, it looks like a helicopter. It looks like a normal, modern-day helicopter. Oh, yeah, you you and Timmy were telling me. You guys love it's that so conspiracy weird. shit. Okay, hold on. We got to talk about that. I hate I hate when people use words conspiracy theory because <laughs> people think conspiracy theory is synonymous with fake, synonymous with, um, yeah, okay, buddy. No, conspiracy just means somebody else might be doing something bad. Are you guys here's you guys, my hold on, guys hold on, hold on. <laughs> somebody else might be doing something bad. Here's my theory about it. You guys just like talking about your alternative history. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I don't think <laughs> nah, I'm just trolling. When people, when people use the word conspiracy theory, others think that it's synonymous with fake story, which isn't true. It's it's just a theory about what a group of people might be doing. Mm. That's it. Like, oh my gosh, like I hate when people are like, okay, conspiracy theories. It's like, I'm theorizing about what's happening in life right now. I'm sorry, but I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, you're right. You're right. Yeah, fuck off. So tell me more about your conspiracy. Theory. Anyway, <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to go too far away. Um, Too far away. We can talk about anything, dude. What are you talking no, about? I wanna, I, no, I want to go back to your, all right, all right, your all right. art, art and stuff because, um, hmm. well, my stepbrother, he, he's an artist. He's going to school to do like film and stuff. Which one? And, the, uh, oh yeah. The Zach. One who loves Marvel, right? He, yeah. He, he loves, he loves all the superhero stuff. Um, when I look at Zach draw, mm-hmm. I can tell his uh, his style. Mm-hmm. And when you look at people's styles for for drawing, it's like <clears throat> your style would be good for you know comedic comics. Your style would be good for like really serious comics and mm-hmm. stuff. Like he 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 doesn't write it. Well, he helps write it. His one of his friends do, but he like writes a little comic book, and it's definitely comedic. And then he he illustrates it all. It's something about like. Uh him and his friends in a zombie apocalypse, right? Yeah, it's kind of just like how they would react. Has to he situations. made like an issue yet or something? Um, he's been working on it. Well, he's in the process of going into college, right? Like into university. Mm. So it's really been stressful for him. So he hasn't had time to work on a lot of stuff. Dude, like, tell him to send it to me. I want to see it. Yeah, no, I will. I but love seeing. He, I love seeing other people's work. Well, I want to get to that because I'm talking to Johnny about Except that. Except yours. No, I'm just kidding. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm he's, just kidding. He's in the process of you know learning Illustrator, learning Photoshop. Um, so we can, you know, ink, color, do all that stuff, and then print it. 
Um, but that's that's his thing, and um, you know, I like his his art style is definitely more like a, I feel like good for comedy, because uh, I don't know, it reminds me of a cartoon. I can't even remember what it is. Shouldn't even brought it up. But anyway, so okay, so I was talking to your brother. Your brother and I wanted to, you know, let's write one issue of a comic, Abraham. Let's do. It. Let's see what we can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had this idea, which I'll talk to you about after the show, because. Um, I don't like sharing my ideas on, on air. Why? Uh, Stop being a pussy, bro. I don't like it. I don't like it. Just but do it. No, let me finish. Just okay. do it. Um, I so I think you and your and his style is good for like you know, you know, real more serious things. However, it's I don't, the last time I asked you was like four years ago, so I haven't really seen what your human faces look like. I always ask, you always draw like monsters and stuff for me because I like that, or like robots and shit. My faces aren't too good. That's what I'm saying. So like, I don't know what your human face to look like, so it's hard for me to to gauge it. But um, I feel like human faces when you draw it, it really tells you whether or not you know it's gonna be a a good watch or a good look. You know, when you're reading a comic, because I feel like everything else is is a lot easier. Even backgrounds, if you take your time. It could be really good, but like human faces, where the expression comes from, that's fucking hard. You know, honestly, for me, it's not even about like faces. It's a lot of it's also like I I'm I'm huge into the writing of a comic. Yes. And the the pictures, the, the the visuals, the visuals are a bonus, and the visuals can look great. And honestly, it's but it's at the end of the day for me, the core of any piece of work, whether there, it be oh, film, obviously, obviously, whether it be film or. For comics, it's always writing Come for me. Now. That's yeah. why I'm so into writing too. I even though I don't write, at least not yet. Maybe I should write a book. I want to write a book one day and send it to you. I well, let me. I'll talk to all of that about with you because I want to talk to you about the the comic idea. Uh, I was going to talk to your brother more about it. I also want to talk to you about um, illustrations for this YouTube thing I, we talked about previously. Mm-hmm. Um, so we talk about all of that. Absolutely, I'd love to. Um, but yeah, if you ever write anything, send it to me. But then keep in mind, as we said before. My my opinion is only one opinion, and you know it's not going to mean as much as everyone else's. So. I know, and also yeah, the stuff, the kind of stuff that you're into is not going to be the same. At least I, well, I would predict. What stuff are you into? You know, like I'm into like a bunch of anime, like people fighting, like very extreme. I, I like ideologies. I like well, yeah, I, like you would have to see it, and then maybe you would like. I wouldn't know because you kind of like you ever seen Ghost in the Shell, the anime? Oh, I love it. It's one of my favorite movies. I couldn't get into the anime. I didn't. I never actually watched the mm. live action, um, only because it was a required watch for school. So I was like, uh, I was like so like over it. Mm-hmm. But um, I feel like that's kind of what you're into when you, when you said the word I- ideologies. I feel like when you take a philosophical standpoint and then turn that into a story, it always ends up being really good, at, at least for a niche group. Um, Dude, there's a lot of stuff I like about stories, though. It's not just that. No, yeah, I know. Well, look, it's it's a hard. It's a big box to open, you know, all that stuff that you like about stories, like anybody. It's like, I like the writing, yeah, but here's what I like about the writing. Here's like what I like about this philosophical take. Here's what I like about the way he uses these words or she uses these words. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a, it's a lot to take, you know, break apart. Um, You know what? You know, I also, like, this is a thing because I feel like I've, you've always, you know better about, like, the kind of the procedure about, like, how to go about writing or something like that. I feel like because you read books on it and you understand that stuff. Me, it's like I, I, I see what I like in writing and I can only pick out like certain things and w- like I could pick out small things and say, this is why this works so well. 
and I feel like I, I have I'm, I'm pretty good with that, but I don't know how to do an overarching like like I, I don't know how to say how the entire enti- like s- entire script is built. Like when you're talking, I forgot which one it was because I was watching one of the podcasts. You said it, most movies are made of forty scenes. Mm-hmm. I never even heard of that shit in my life. I never even yeah. knew that was a thing. Well, yeah, I learned that you learned that from reading. But here's the thing: with the exception of screenwriting, because that's a that's a whole other animal. Mm-hmm. With the exception of screenwriting, for the most part, there are no rules in writing. I agree. So you do whatever the hell you want. The only rules in writing are if you use the you know like semicolon correctly. Otherwise, it really doesn't. Even if you use it incorrectly, as long as people understand what you're saying. Um, but there is like a there is a version of writing that is kind of standardized well, by a lot of people. Well, I disagree that that's the end all yeah. be all. I just well, I look, just agree that it exists. When it comes to writing stories, if your story is good, your story is good. If it's bad, it's bad. But I was gonna say, with the exception of screenwriting, because if you want to sell a screenplay, the only directors, director assistants, um, like. Producers, they will get a stack of screenplays this big. Mm-hmm. And the second they see something wrong, it could be missing a period in the first sentence, they throw it away. Not because the story's bad, but they don't have time. So with screenplays, you have to make sure everything is fucking right. Mm-hmm. Your story could be amazing. Like, pick pick your favorite story out there. Imagine the screenplay. It could be amazing. Sometimes the hook is more important than the actual story. Yeah, but... If you ha- if you have like a grammatical error, if you have like anything wrong with syntax, like if something is wrong with it that doesn't even involve story, they'll throw it away because they don't have time. And that's the only reason that writing matters. It's for like screenplays is because uh, you got to make sure you do everything correctly. Otherwise, I disagree with anyone that says you have to write a certain way and you have to like. I agree. People don't understand. There's so many tools you have with writing. It's like, let's say you want to tell a story about uh, a kid when he's under 50 and then a man when he's above 50, right? Every time you talk about when he was under 50, it's in this kind of font. Every time you talk about when he's over 50, it's in this kind of font. So the reader knows how old he is when they're reading that page. Mm -hmm. You don't have to keep saying, he is now 50. No, the font changed. Italics. What about italics? It, italics could be used when people are thinking. Or italics could be used when people are scared. Italics could be used to t- talk about the past. This is a, this chapter is about the past because it's all written in italics. Bolds, right? Capitals, you know? There's so many tools more than just the writing itself, you know? When it comes to actually writing the story and how you come up with your concept and your plot, there are obviously no rules. It's your story. But there's also no rules when it comes to everything else because every book is different. You don't have to follow rules. Mm-hmm. That's why fucking writing is so. There doesn't cool. even have to be. There doesn't even have to be a character progression in any way. Yeah. Sometimes you could just show a character and what's wrong with them by examining them. Now, that's yeah. it. And now, you is know? it a good story or not? Well, that's up to the reader, right? But yeah, there's no rules. Mm-hmm. What the hell you want? And and that's why I kind of moved away from screenwriting because I have really good ideas, and I feel like that's I feel like my strength, and I feel like every writer says this, but I feel like my strength is I know whether or not I have a good concept for an idea, right? Um. But I move away from screenwriting is because I really, and I talked to Johnny about this, mm-hmm. I really like getting inside the head of the character, figuring out what the character's thinking, how he feels or how she feels. You can't really do that with screenplays until you start filming it. Because you can't, mm-hmm. you, on screenplays, you can't say, and he thought. Because there's a lot of visual reliance. Yeah, you're, you're actually, if you write, he thought this, it makes no sense because you're, it's a movie. You don't know what the character's thinking. That's why I moved away from screenplays. But 
Yeah, when you when if you want to write something, you send it to me. You you show it to me. You ask me questions. I love that shit. Know, you're gonna be the first because I know you actually will read a lot of that stuff. So I know, like, I, I, you would be one of the first people I send something to. Well, th- thank you. I appreciate you trusting me. You know, being vulnerable with me for that. I had a thought. What the hell was I gonna say? I have no idea. I know. Of course you don't. You're not yeah. in my head. Shit. Yeah. I'm, yeah. So. I'm so mad. Well, right why now. you think about that? All right. Yeah. Go ahead. Um. So I. Everything we just said, I, I, then this is why I appreciate you. It's because, um, you know, we're able to have a conversation like that and it's always constructive. Like some people I talk to, it's like, I'm either not used to them or I get so lost into what they're saying that I don't even have anything constructive to say back to them. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the episodes I had with, uh, Bella Ganberry, that was a good episode. I was able to speak, talk back to her because, mm-hmm. you know, we had, we've had a conversation prior to that that was really deep and I really like that. Um, some people I have that, some people I don't. And I kind of I kind of feel really shitty when I can't talk to people um, effectively. I think it's like a lot about articulation. It's yeah. Like if someone if someone's just talking vaguely and like vapidly, which is not like a slight at anybody, it's like it's like to say that sometimes people just talk to talk because they, that's how they are around people. They don't think about they don't have a goal or objective of where they want to take the conversation. Yeah. But if you're like articulate, yeah. you, you you you're trying to get somewhere. You're trying to learn something. You're trying to convey something. Then you're more on the ball about it, and then we can yep. keep passing it. Back it's and also forth. why this podcast is about free flow and conversation, rather than we have to hit this mark, we have to hit this point because mm-hmm. of the reasons I said before. Because um, I've noticed, you know, H three H three. Yeah, how he has all those like the list of questions. Yeah, I'm like I, I, I'll listen to them. Like I stopped listening for a long time because I'm so tired of them. Um, not because they did something wrong, but like I'm bored of them. No, I feel you. But um, I'll. And I feel really bad because I know he, like, stresses out about this. But it's like, whatever, you're in the industry, you're going to have to take it. Um, Yeah, he has that list of questions. And I'm like, bro, that's, you You got to trust yourself more than that, you know? The reason why you have someone on is because you know who they are. You like who they are. So you should, you should be fine, you know? I don't, I don't know. I f- for me, I feel like I would have. I would have questions, but it would be stuff to bring up. Like, well, yeah, one hundred percent. Never like guidelines. Read sure, the, but, read the th- but it's like, but the thing is, this is another thing. It's like, I, I, I get that, and it's fine to not like H three because I don't really watch all his podcasts either. I just watch it once in a while, but like, and he he does have an issue with it. But it's like, I don't like that people like they'll take it as like they'll make like personal attacks because of that. It's like. Let the man live. If you don't like the product that he's producing, you know, just don't watch it. It's yeah. not, it, it's, and it's, you're not wrong for no saying one, you don't yeah, like it. Yeah. But don't, don't attack him personally. No one owes you anything, bro. Yeah. No one owes you good content. His, Find yeah, they're like, else. oh, go back to the old YouTube channel. It's like, he doesn't owe you shit. If yeah. he likes to do this, even if he's bad at it, let him do it because he enjoys yeah. it. You know, that's his, he produces what he wants to produce. He does he's not your slave. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're, you're right. Um, man. But, uh, yeah, dude. Uh, okay, I think I kind of remember what I was gonna say. Oh, okay, about writing, I really like, like, I'm really into the idea of like stories that like destroy their characters. Like, like I love, I, I love when characters are start off bright eyed, and then they just get absolutely obliterated. Like, like uh, the, the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't finished Lord of the Rings. <laughs> the movies or the book? The movies. Is the book? Is, okay, let me ask let me show you me. the book. You keep talking. I'm gonna get the book, dude. All right, while you're at it, give me a cup of water. Fill this up. Oh, shit. All right, guys. Don't blame me if my mouth is dry for the rest of the shit. Look, okay, this is... 
This is the worst podcast I've ever been in. This is <laughs> this is the uh, every single Lord of the Rings book. Oh, so all of them for their Lord of the Rings trilogy. But there's like I think twelve books that take place in the same universe. You son of a bitch! But you th- always got the nicest covers. For this this is <laughs> this is the same um, thing with Dune, which I haven't read. <laughs> Dune, I, I actually don't like Dune. I'm forcing really? I'm forcing myself to finish it. Oh, I got to get into it. I heard I heard though that uh, you have to read. Not have to, obviously, but, like, you have to read all of it to, like, for it to all progressively make sense. Like Yeah, because what happened with Dune, I think I've said this a million times, too, is that when they came out with the movie in the 80s, it was so complex of an idea mm-hmm. that even, there's so many definitions you have to know for these words that when they came out, came out with it for the movie, they actually printed, like, in newspapers, a glossary, like, or, like, a vocab sheet about, like, Okay, when you watch the movie, this is what this word means. Like, that's how dense some of this stuff is, where the writer was, like, didn't really explain too well everything that's going on with, like, definitions, and it lost me so quickly. Like, I jump in, like, the first chapter, I'm learning about mentats and gazerts, and uh-huh. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? That it, Like, it couldn't even pull me in. I was so bored. I guess it's more about how, maybe how willing you are to put yourself in the world and invest yourself in it. Because of how like deep they're gonna. Well, uh, I invested 426 pages, and I still got 124 to go. Oof. <laughs> yeah. Shit, I I can't wait to read it. Hopefully, I like it. I don't know, and then we can argue about it. I don't know. Didn't, didn't your brother buy all the books? He said he did. No, I did, but I returned it because they were like all dented. So I just bought the first one. Yeah. I bought all the books. So I was like, let me let me commit to this, even though I know damn well I'm probably not going to read all. I have all the Harry Potter books. I've only read the first three. If I buy a book, I have to finish it, I even mean, if I don't like it. I'll finish it eventually, but, like, I'm a son of a bitch, you know. I, I keep prolonging it. Yeah. I mean, like, there's good things and bad. There's good reasons and bad re- or good outcomes and bad outcomes to, you know, reading books you don't like. But um, I have to do it because it's kind of like a, an ego thing or it's, or it's like a uh, a discipline thing where it's like, if I don't do this, you failed. Uh, you I mean, know? I think that's kind of a good thing, though, because well, yeah, you take I'm, that with you into other stuff. I'm also wasting time, though, and I'm also not really committing much of it to memory because I dislike it so much. And then if you if you can't even commit it to memory, like, I know what's going on in the book, but if you can't commit everything to memory, you're not really benefiting from the reading. Like, when it comes to, like, you know, preventing Alzheimer's, that's what you, you could agree and, like, helps your brain. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm not really doing much brain work, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't know. But, um... I think the thing is, I don't like sci-fi. This is uh, this is only the second sci-fi book I read, and I didn't like the first one. No, I guess John Dies at the End would be a sci-fi, sci-fi fantasy maybe, and that was all right, but I don't really like sci-fi, so I, I'm going to stay away from sci-fi after this book is done. Does John die at the end? Um, No. What the hell? What is this bullshit? <laughs> Why? What an asshole. Just don't put that shit in the cover then. Oh, that's a... That's annoying. I can't believe I just ruined it for everyone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. But then again, I haven't read it, so that actually might be a really funny title. So who knows? Yeah, it's a, it's a sci-fi comedy. It's like a comedic book. Um, Some of it's funny. There's a movie you can watch. I think it's on Netflix. The movie's like, it's like a B movie. Like, it's not, it's not like that great. Mm. But um, there's this one line in it that goes like, he, the guy's on a con- in, in a concert. He's about to sing. He goes up, takes the microphone. He's like, "You know, I once knew a man. 
nah, I made that part up. And then he starts playing his music. <laughs> and there's some funniest shit. Um, and then there's right, a, I'll check it out. I'll th- check it out. Then there's this other part where he d- it, it's really philosophical at some points because it talks about how, you know, when you're having a dream and you're sitting next to a big cannon and you light the fuse and you watch it go down and it explodes and right as it explodes, you wake up and thunder cracks. <clears throat> how did your brain know thunder was going to crack at that point? And then there's, you know, explanations saying, oh, well, it's your brain's been hearing thunder all night and it just timed it up mm-hmm. for the explosion in your dream. Sure. But then it's like, but as thunder gets closer, you know, the time intervals change. So it's pretty cool. You know, the philosophy behind it. Um, yeah, I, I think I had a dream similar to that example. Yeah. Because once I, I was like, I remember as a kid, I was had a dream where I was riding a horse carriage and it fell off of a hill and then I fell off my bed. <laughs> yeah. And it literally like... It woke me up because I fell off. It's weird, right? I was always wondering. I was like, how would I? How would my brain time that correctly? Maybe it's like some subconscious. Well, it's shit. also like that Inception thing, where it's like your dreams move. A, the The time in your dreams is way different. <laughs> like time in your dreams doesn't exist. So it's like it can work however you want. So mm-hmm. it's like one second of you falling could be a year in your dream because your brain made you comprehend it that way. So once you fall, you're like, how did my brain time that up? It's like. It doesn't matter if it did or not. It's just telling you that it did, even if it didn't. You know, your brain is like lying to you. It's like, no, it did, even though I I fucked it up. I'm going to tell you, no, it timed it up perfectly. Mm. Um, so it's like there's that too. Um, Dude, have you seen Tenet? No, I heard I heard it wasn't that good. Uh, it's the story is not that good because I feel like Christopher Nolan a lot of times his story isn't that good. Uh huh. I, I would say like the concepts are usually really good though. Right? I would say that concept is literally worth it alone. Like, tenants are so good. Like it's it's concept. It's like it just makes you keep thinking. Like you just you. I don't don't tell me. I'm gonna have to see it. I'm gonna have to see it. I got you. Got you. I won't say anything. Don't worry. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. And also like for everyone else out there too. Like barely anyone's seen it because of everything going on. So spoiler we, alert. Spoiler alert. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. John dies at the end. <laughs> John dies at the end. Um. Yeah, it's a movie that you should go. You should. You should keep, I don't know if it's still on Netflix, but you can watch it. Um. But anyway, so like, I'm gonna go back to not just the art stuff, but I know I brought I bring this up with you a lot. Uh, your relationship and your opinion about college, because you're an artist, because you have large passions, most like like most people. Yes, sir. I know. This is where I'm at. Right, and I know I've said it to you and a lot of other people many times, is that mm-hmm. if if I'm going to have to end up working five days a week anyway, mm-hmm. doing a job that I spent 200 grand for, mm-hmm. I might as well spend f- work five days a week somewhere else to work on my passion now. It's also like I don't want to invest, because p- employers, they're going to want you to really want to be you know, at this company. Like I just finished Mm -hmm. my business management class and it's like, we want to motivate our employees, have them be a part of this company, make them live for us. No, they, it's like, they want you to get invested in their world. Yeah. Investing yourself in that kind of world is not fulfilling in any way. Yeah. So it's like, what's the, the whole thing, another Stephen King thing is like where he'll say, people say life is a support system for art, but it's actually the other way around. Art is a support system for life. The reason why you bother doing the garbage is because you have the art. The art keeps you alive. Mm-hmm. So, 
and I know you, you're going to have a different, not stance, but a different uh, experience because of the way you're paying for college. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. What's your opinion about, like, you know, finding your passion all the way through, going for it versus, you know, getting a job you don't like to survive? I mean, like, listen, most people want to chase their dreams, but it's like 99% of you guys aren't really going to make it. Uh-huh. And it's like, it's not to say that don't go after it. It's more to say, be self-aware and you have to hone yourself to the best of your abilities. Like, mm-hmm. Take it very seriously. But what I would say is like, college is like... Because you, you went you, to, you, you're you, going for accounting, right? Yeah, I'm going for accounting. I, I'm an artist and I'm going to the most like soul draining type of job you could do. So that's just some context. Like, I don't give a shit about accounting. I still don't know anything about accounting. Like... Trust me, like, it, it's it's all bullshit. Like, I've gone through my classes. I've literally, like, oh, wait, yeah, yeah. You know what? I'm going to keep <laughs> I'm gonna keep quiet on some of this shit. <laughs> <laughs> cut this. Cut what I'm about no, to say out. No, I cut can't. Couple, I am not. Cut a couple seconds about what I'm saying no. out. Dude, <laughs> no. Dude. Dude. <laughs> all right. Screw it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, whatever, bro. Yeah, bro, I work really hard. Uh, I work really so hard <laughs> to be a good accountant. I try my best. That's, All right. ne- that's the next class I have to take, accounting. All right, yo, yo delete it. All right, <laughs> you son of a bitch. Anyway, continue. But uh, what was I gonna say? Well, let me let me try. No, to, it's like okay. it's it's okay. okay. Accounting is like boring, and I love art, but I know that it's a necessary evil because in life, if you want to have certain, if you want certain luxuries, you're gonna have to make certain sacrifices. So if I want to raise a family. And I would I would want my family to have as much opportunity as possible that I couldn't have. So I would need to have to make money that could like generate the revenue, generate the money for them to be able to do it. But like, would you wait till you were? Would you wait till that point before you had kids? Like, would you wait till you like at this point? If I had kids, they'd have more than me. Or would you have kids before that point? Mm, no, nah, I'd probably wait a while. I, I would I would want to be pretty secure before I had kids. But then again, if if I go into accounting and I hate my life, that. oh shit! Only because it's the mic's picking it up. Ah, uh, okay, okay, yeah. Like, if uh, if I was if I was getting into accounting and I hated my job and I hated my life and I hated my boss and I was like, bro, like literally, I want to kill myself. Like, I just I'll just leave. Like, I know myself well enough that it's just like I'll be like, yeah, I hate this horse shit. I'm just done because I'm not. I if something stresses me out too much, I just know it's not worth it. Yeah, you know, and then I'll just say, oh, I'm gonna pursue my, I'm gonna pursue my passion, do art, and I'll work like, I'll do like a shitty job, but like I'm not one that's not as stressful or as taxing as something like accounting. Yeah, no pun intended. But uh, you know, it's uh, not taxing. I, yeah, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm on a roll today with these jokes. But uh, <laughs> what was I gonna say? Shit. But yeah, like college, it's. College is a good option to do when you when you know you want to get into, like, when you want your path carved out to you in a certain way. But even then, it's not really carved out for you. And, like, also, you got to make sure you can financially be able to deal with college. Like, I get, I have, I have, like, uh, financial aid. And my college is pretty much paid for, um, except for, like, certain expenses or if, like, the amount of money they give me won't, like, suffice for that year or semester. And then I have to put in my own, like, 400 my first semester was like 6K, so that's what put me in the straight and narrow, start going to community college and shit. But uh, overall, like, like it's a it's an investment either way. So it's like you have to you have to just figure out what your priorities and what you want to do. And you, 
honestly, like at this age where you're young and you're getting into college, just just say screw it. You're young. You could like this is the time for you to try exploring and do shit. College will be there, but you know that's it's all up to the person. I mean, but college is also a massive scam, so who knows? (laughs) Yeah, do what you want. Yeah, well, yeah, always stay safe at the end by saying do what you want. Um, Yeah, exactly. I don't know, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm not telling you to not go to college. (laughs) (laughs) Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm. I I don't know, man. Because the thing where it's like for you, I feel like college was a waste of time because you. You weren't even going to college for for really anything that you specifically, like, for anything that you specifically really needed. Like, and you weren't going there for business. Like, you weren't trying yeah. to find a good, secure job so you could make yeah. money in the future. You're going there for artistry, but your particular form of art is not really taught there the way you want it to be taught. Yeah. So, it's, like, pointless. So, it's, a, it's, like, you might as well just save your money and then start pursuing it, like, yeah. as, like, almost like a freelancer or whatever. Well... And that's one of the, so, it's one of the reasons why I do this podcast is because, uh, you know, I doubt anyone that's listening to this isn't already in college. Facts. But, you know, I want people to hear things that you say. Like, Mm -hmm. I wanted people to hear the things that, you know, Jessica Sanchez said, you know, she, because she has like a, a 544 views on her episode. And it's like. I hope, I hope to God, there's like a young transgendered child who will get something out of what she had to say. Um, I hope somebody is like, you know what, Adam, that made a lot of sense. That, although like you're not, you're not fucking Gandhi, and I don't, mm-hmm. you're not God, but something you said, a person that's out there, some kid that lives in New Jersey said something, and it, and it ticked. I, oh, I get it now. Like, Listen, I, what I, I, want what I that. said was kind of a ramble, but no, and but it's like you can pick up something from yeah. it. But there's a lot of depth to get into about your future, you know? Like, you, there's a lot to think about. So, but, so that's, that's the reason why I want to have this podcast, is to do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Then also, it's like, yeah, I'm I'm pursuing a degree, even though I hate every second of it. Um, hopefully, you know, if life goes well, I won't even need the degree. But I, I'm pursuing a degree, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm writing, I'm reading, I'm doing the podcast, I'm doing other YouTube things. Like, my schedule is so full. And this is going to lead me into my next question. But my schedule is so full. And it's like, that school, no, it didn't give me what I needed or wanted. Um, So it's like, for some people, you do have to figure it out on your own, especially if it's artistry. Especially if it's artistry. Because most artists, if good enough, can do it on their own. The problem is, the hard part is, is, you know, breaking the mold, getting out there. Is getting noticed. That's the hard part. Once that happens, listen, no matter what you do, mm-hmm. especially with the internet today, no matter what you do, you are going to find an audience every single time. It's going to be hard. It's going to take a while, and you're going to have to figure out how to market yourself. But there's an audience for you for exactly what you do, no matter what you do. I promise. I'm not saying I promise you're going to get that audience because they might not be able to find you, but it's there. It's leading me into my next question. Is oh, I actually think I'm gonna just fucking dropped it, but Wait, I have something. Go ahead, go ahead. Like, what's really important to take to keep in mind is that like, if you're an artist or a young artist or whatever, it's like our society's not built to just support the artist. We're not at that point, or if we ever do reach that point, like, like if if we really like, college is expensive and it costs a lot of money to even do it in the first place. So once you once you like 
make the choice to pay for college. And this is just how America is. It's like, you've just got to pay that much. It's like, once you make that choice, you're kind of like, you feel like you're settling on that boat and it's over. Like it's yeah. like, you know, I'm putting all this, uh, all my eggs are now in this basket because I can't, it's scary. I can't put anything in this basket unless it's everything. But you know, hopefully the future things will become better. Like YouTube as a, as a platform has this kind of model where it can support thousands of artists in a sense. Yeah, Twitch too. Twitch is getting a lot bigger now. Yeah. But the thing is these things are that's a thing. This is the thing. Like people people do want to consume art and there is a value to it. In the market YouTube for it. YouTube as a platform is just that example. And YouTube is like YouTube is bigger than every social media in the amount YouTube's of retention. YouTube is the biggest thing on this planet. Exactly. And the thing is YouTube is all just like individual artists getting monetization yeah. for what they do in their creation. That's, that's also why a lot of people like are upset when like celebrities have like big YouTube channels. Then also YouTube, I don't know if you know this, YouTube changed their policies and they're allowed to put ads on every single video they want without uh, giving uh, compensation to the artist unless they've got like uh, 4,000 watch hours and 1,000 uh, subscribers. That sucks. That sucks. So, so even though it's going to be like pennies, like a penny a month, it's like, mm-hmm. but bro, man, I'm putting in work. And with, you know, without me, you wouldn't have, you know, this video. And then they say, without us, you wouldn't be able to have a platform. It's like, that might not actually be true anymore because there's a lot of places I can go. Um, yeah, but the only issue is that YouTube has cemented itself as, like, that primary yeah, platform. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like a joke now. When people are like, oh, I'm going to take my shit to Vimeo. It's like, come no, on, no bro. No one's going to Vimeo. When's the last time you've even went on Vimeo? You also have to subscribe. You have to pay for Vimeo. What? They did that? Uh, last time I went, on, I went on Vimeo. I don't know why. I think I was... I don't oh, know if that's I dog shit. Oh, I was looking for a documentary, but it said to view any video, I need to pay a subscription. I could have been on the wrong thing. I don't know. You might want to fact check me maybe, on that. Maybe, maybe. But it said I have to pay a subscription. Or daily motion or whatever. No these these video but, platforms are not even close. It's It doesn't matter. And it's the same thing. It's kind of the same thing with Twitch, especially now that I think, what was it called? The other one um, that just closed down. It was like another streaming platform. Uh, I it was called. But like Twitch, Twitch is now like, uh, on another level, uh, well, YouTube gaming is also, I think, an, uh, or YouTube streaming or whatever it is. Like, the, yeah, you could the, stream yeah. on YouTube as Depends well. Depends on where your audience is. If your audience is on YouTube, like, PewDiePie streams on YouTube because that's where his audience is. Uh, but then, like, Ninja streams on, you know, Twitch because that's where his audience is, so. Yeah, but it, at the end of the day, it's like, we, if you have to be on this platform, like, and they control everything, it, it it's difficult because... What I would ideally want is like every single form of art to have its own very well and lucrative platform for the artist. Well, that there there is that though, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's actually right, look. Right, here's an idea. That's no secret. Everyone's thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And if you want to make money, you do it now. Learn how to code, guys. Learn how to code because if you can, this is gonna sound ridiculous, mm-hmm. but if you can make an app just for furries, how much fucking money you would make? Yeah, that's. Do the, you have any idea? Holy shit! But you you see the limitation in in the how in your art, just so you could make money. A lot of artists who would want to produce like masterful works have to draw like a freaking fox getting no, pegged no, no. by a cow. But no, but what I'm saying is like, you can create a platform for each individual niche, mm-hmm. and 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 you don't have to conform to one. Because let's say you are a furry artist. You got that furry, furry app. Let's say you also like painting pictures of Jesus. You got that too. You can go mm-hmm. somewhere for that. Um, and also like subreddits, like that's all that stuff is there for it's, but this is the, that's the part of the description that's important is lucrative. Like 
Mm-hmm. I want I want people to be able to like live off of their own works, you know, like to reach that point. And I well, I, yeah, not that I want it to be anyone can. I just want it that people who put in the work and effort will can eventually find that niche and then live off of that. Well, yeah, the know? problem is not that they instead of just Patreon. Yeah, shit. it's it's the problem is well, I mean, like it's kind of almost impossible, but. The problem is not that they're they aren't good or not working hard. The problem is that they it's hard to find an audience, mm-hmm. and it's it's in ways the platform makes it hard, but also the platform is the reason why you can have an audience in the first place. Um, See, so yeah, it's like a double edged sword. Uh, I don't know. I mean, like, because if you, you Patreon's cool, right? Because you you know you could my girlfriend Amanda she she um she subscribes to one Patreon for a podcast she listens to. It's called The Basement Yard. And uh, I think it's five dollars a month, and she gets like extra, like an extra like two hours of like podcast like a week or something, which is really good, you know, if if you like it and you're supporting the artist. Um, but it's it's hard to get to that point where someone wants to support you, and before you get to that point, you're making no money. That's why I say without Patreon, yeah. not saying that you shouldn't have one, but more saying Patreon it won't be sufficient. It's like yeah, you will not get enough. You will not get enough to like support yourself from just that alone. You need. You need to get your ad revenue. You need to get, like, sponsor deals, yeah. stuff like that. Well, yeah. this That's the game, isn't it, right? I mean, like, once I have, like, 500 subscribers, then I could ask start asking for sponsorships. Whether or not they say yes, I don't know. But at 500, they'll start working with you. At 1,000, they'll definitely work with you. And at 1,000, I can get AdSense. AdSense is almost nothing. But it's still there, right? And And that's what people need to know about this stuff, too. It's like... Starting YouTube, starting, you know, a uh, Tumblr for your art, starting uh, your own subreddit, or you having your own website. It's like, it's all easy to start up, but it's easy to, st- it's not easy to stay in because no one's helping you. You got to do it on your own. I'm like, I, 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 re- I would record and edit. I stopped, but I, for like six months, I would record and edit 34 videos a month. Holy shit. That was a lot of work. And I almost got nothing. I got nothing for it. It's a lot of work to you know put in, and yeah, no one talks about that. You yeah, know? because that's that, that's the investment you have to make as an artist. Yeah, but that's the problem. Like, it's it's a detriment to artists because a lot of people will quit because they can't. Because actually, they can't. They but can't then, but then you can't expect people to be like, "Here's money to go," you know, pursue oh, yeah. your art. Exactly. It, it's it will be like the kind of world that I would imagine is is completely ideal. It's like it's kind of like if I were to have like a, a nice utopia for myself yeah it would be a place where anybody could create whatever they want and like art is valued at such a high rate but look like the my what i said before still goes seriously guys for i'm like i'm not joking for anyone listening out there there's an audience for you someone's going to care and someone's going to want more you're gonna find your own piece of the internet it's it's not easy getting there but you will and it might not be the millions of people you want, but it's enough to not only make you feel good, to not only change lives, but to even perhaps pay the bills. There's there's enough people for, for one thing, you know? I just, and this is my thing, when I was when I was at school, when I was sitting in th- that shitty house, um, I was like, when I get home, I'm going to start YouTube. I'm just going to do it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's another thing people don't do is that they, they just got to start. Because you're gonna start and you're gonna fuck up. Like it's this is oh age old story. You're gonna start and it's gonna be awful. It's gonna you're gonna fuck up. It's gonna be ugly. But that's the only way you get better, right? And that's with you drawing with you. You you go that's you go me. cars. That's me. But I 
No, no, like that's me. I try to start and I do it for a little bit and then I'm like, I'm bored and I quit. And it's like you get nowhere if you don't just keep going. You yeah. Know? You you have yes. to be you have to be ready for failure if you're gonna if you're gonna continue just Well, so with the YouTube thing is like Another thing, guys, if you want to start YouTube, if you want to start writing, don't burn yourself out. I burned myself out with YouTube because I did 34 videos a month. I burned myself out so much that it started be not becoming fun. I took, I've been taking like, it's been like four weeks since I like really went hardcore with it. And I'm not going to go back to hardcore. I'm going to do like one a video, video a week, one every two weeks. I'm going to have fun. When I want to make a video, I'll make a video. The podcast is going to stay once a week. Absolutely. Because I love the podcast and it's, and it's doing really good and people enjoy it. And that makes me feel good. But I wouldn't have gotten to here if I didn't do everything else first. So, yeah, you're not only can you get bored, but don't burn yourself out because that's just as dangerous because you're going to you're going to burn yourself out. You're going to stop. And you're never going to want to go back because you're going to tie in your brain, you know, stress and anxiety with something that was supposed to be fun. You don't want that. You know, I mean, like there's I was going to ask you this. I, I remember what it was. Because it goes into like how how you divide your time, how much you know, how much YouTube videos I do, you know, how much I write, how much I read. With you having your passion of drawing, of illustrating, but then you also being you know self aware enough to know that you need a job. Mm-hmm. How much time do you allocate to each thing? Dude, I, you're giving me more credit than I deserve. It's more like I I don't really like allocate. Well, time I'm not to giving you credit. Yeah, I'm asking. No, no, no. Oh, okay. Well, more like saying like it's not even like a. I don't I don't have things like organized in a schedule or, or organized in a way where it's like I have time to do this, I have time to do uh-huh. that. I have I have a lot of time on my hands currently since I'm not working because I'm collecting well, I was collecting unemployment, but like for corona I'm trying not to go out as much and everything and like with all that time it's like I spend some time drawing or sometimes I'll I'll be like at home watching T V or something. Or I'll or when I had classes I had my Zoom uh, not Zoom but like Blackboard classes. Like it's really like after I'm done with that if I feel like drawing, I start doing it a little bit. I don't do it in a regimen where it becomes like work for me, but it should be that way because I'm not going to get anywhere unless I do go that route. Yeah. You know, what you're doing now where you like make a schedule and you start working on everything and you're like, you're like trying to get your shit together, make a platform out of it. Yeah. This is the proper approach to doing it. What I'm doing is more just like I draw when I feel like it. Which like, isn't bad though. Dude, I have like ADHD brain and I'm not saying I have ADHD because I'm not one of those people who are like, Oh, I have ADHD, so I can't focus. You know, it's like, I, I'm just saying that because I, I do have a hard time focusing, but I'm, I'm not saying I maybe have ADHD. Maybe you do have ADHD. You get, get maybe. Test, get maybe. tested. But it's like, so, it's like everybody, the phrase has become, the, the, the whole idea of ADHD has been worn down just because so many yeah. people keep claiming they have it. But like, like I, I do have a hard time paying attention to shit. And it's like a lot of times, like I'll just be on my desk and I'll just, I'll just go grab like printing paper from my desk and just start drawing and then I'll crumble the paper and throw it out and Another one I love when I when I, we're in Discord and I tell you to draw random things like a, a <laughs> pie monster like uh, chasing after like police strawberries yeah or something. The, the thing is, my my drawings are usually never that organized. I just keep trying to draw a face or something or draw like something cool I want to do. It's it's all just doodles. It's like that's like a lot of times what I tell people is like I do doodles and that's my training. <laughs> like I, yeah. I don't have formal practice, which I should be doing because I would I would improve my art exponentially. Had I been doing like more formal training, like perspective shading, well, everything. we're gonna get to that too uh, off air because I've I've had a new idea and I think it's I think it's good I think it's a good one and and hopefully you want to be involved and get your your art involved, um, but we'll talk about that later on um, because and I know what you're saying though it's like 
the thing is, if you, I know the whole thing, especially with like Quiplash, right? So you want to be the best. I'm not saying you do. It's like, fuck the best. Like, I want to be me. I just want to have fun. But if you want to be the best, it's like, you got to, you got to work the best. You got to try the best. You got to, you know. But even like, if you want to, you know, just feel like you're, you know, if you wanted to start that YouTube, if you wanted to write that book, you don't have to be the best, but you got to put in work. And mm-hmm. even, even just, you know, doodling, even if I, I wrote one page a day, and it was a short story that, you know, took up like 18 lines of, pa- of paper, that's still practice. If y- the last 500 doodles you did, if you didn't do those, you wouldn't be where you are right now, even though they were just doodles. And, e- and no matter how much you wouldn't believe that, or you do believe that, it, it's true. You know, because that's that's how you get better is by doing things habitually without realizing you're doing it. You actually are. You're practicing. And another thing I, I tell people is like if you want to be a writer, a lot of people think if they're not actually putting pen to paper, they're not writing. 90% of writing is sitting and thinking. Mm-hmm. And when I set my five hours like a day or five hours every two days to write, Four of those hours, I'm I'm just sitting and thinking, not because that oh these are these four hours I sit and think no, because I'm trying to figure out where it goes next, and that's okay. So it's like those habitual little things, those little doodles. Although it's not like this huge grandiose look, I'm starting a business kind of thing. It's still moving you in the right direction. Can you always do more? Yes, but can you always do less? Obviously. So so it works. It's fine, and you're also having fun. The difference between me and you, Adam, is that. I'm in danger of putting my pa- making my passion not fun because I've already done that once. You are like, this is my passion. I want to love this with you know with all my heart. I want to be able to do it when I want to do it. If one day I, se- I decide not to do it, I'm not going to cry about it because it's a decision I've made. So I think that's a good thing for you to do. And a lot of artists are like that where it's like, I'm going to do it because it's what I like to do. And that mindset is what gets them noticed. You know, it's also like I I want to I I don't want to have that as my uh, mentality though, because mm-hmm. like, for me, my favorite thing is looking back on old work and being like, oh wow, I did all this right, and it's like you don't get that satisfaction of like a finished product unless you finish the product. Yes. So it's like if I want to do some long term project and I'm just gonna quit halfway, I'm not gonna actually produce anything of substance. All I'm doing right now is kind of like honing my skills but at a snail's pace that's really what it is right now but at the at the other end like i'm enjoying myself i'm not really yes. i'm not doing i'm only doing thing out of like for my leisure like i'm not doing anything to produce something but i still have it's like it's like the idea of not like going like acting upon your own potential i know i have a great potential to do something and i know i could create a really great work because i see so many works that get pop famous or whatever i'm like this is shit you know, <laughs> yeah, so I know like, what you mean. So it's like I'm in my head. I'm like, oh yeah, like like if like, this if, guy can do it, why can't I? People can eat this shit up. Like I feel like I could do something better. Yeah, like you know, like I, I've seen like the the sequel trilogy for Star Wars. Like come on, bro, bro. don't even. I started <laughs> I started a secret YouTube channel just to talk about Star Wars. I'm not joking. <laughs> I have one. I have one. I have one. I have one video on it. Please send me the link. No one knows about <laughs> it. I don't know if I can. Uh, Maybe after I'll tell you after. But I know you're not gonna talk shit about solo movie because you love that. <laughs> Shut one the so hell much. up! Listen, we're, guys, we're, we're this guy's a no, solo movie's on. number one fan. We're, <laughs> we're nearing the end of this podcast. Like you do not want to talk. This is near the end. We're an hour and a half oh in. Oh my god, bro! I didn't even get to act like a jackass. Bro. You didn't. I didn't let you. Why? <laughs> I, you should have. I fucking I I, I played you like a fiddle, man. Oh I, man! I was like, yo, you know what? Like, 
Mark's talking about some real shit right now. I'm gonna be. <laughs> st- I'm gonna act stupid in a few minutes. What's some stupid shit you would do? I don't know, but I, I needed to g- have the conversation go somewhere where I could just naturally. You told like, two good jokes. Huh? Yeah, that was that was good. That, that part of the podcast was pretty nice. But you know, trying to I'm trying to entertain everybody. You know, I think this was entertaining. I think it was good. Like I feel like I barely got any mileage out of the cowboy hat, other than like it's been an hour and a half. Like, no like mileage. Are any of you wondering why I'm wearing this shit? Like I don't wear this normally. Go ahead, tell everyone why you're wearing that. Nice. Now I can get into the meat and potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> nah, this hat, like I got it at a rodeo. One, that's the only time I've ever worn this hat for anything. And I was at a rodeo. I saw this beauty. Look at this shit. And uh, the people there put a price tag of $80 on it. And my friends talked them down to like, I think like 25, 30. And then I bought it because I, I, f- I was like, this is stunning. And it's like $50 less than what it was worth. Like that's a steal. And Guys, uh, for anyone that's l- just listening, not watching, he's wearing a black cowboy hat, and it's ridiculous. If you're listening, just shut that shit off and get on YouTube and watch it so you can see this shit. All right? <laughs> Look at it. All right. But, like, basically the gist of it is that uh, I wanted to maximize my utility. That's an accounting term. Okay. Yeah. See? Yep. yep. I'm working hard, Kane. I swear to God. <laughs> Those classes are tough, bro. I study hard. The dean watches MGC. Yeah, bro. Yo, yo, don't leak this shit to anybody. <laughs> I'm trying to get jobs. Please. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, I'm trying to get utility out of this beauty. I've only wore it one day. It's a goddamn shame. And my friend had a going away party that was Western themed. I forgot this shit. So this is to make up for it. But uh, sadly, Mark did not capitalize on my bringing of this hat. Well, I think it would be more ridiculous if people thought you wore that unironically. Huh? Oh. Yeah, I wear it unironically. <laughs> you can edit it out. Make no. It <laughs> I just think it's funny. People are like, what the hell is this kid doing? Yeah, I'm trying to support my long line of uh, um, Arab heritage Yeah. with this cowboy hat. Oh, my gosh. There was. I feel like there was one more thing I had to say. I can't remember what it was because you started talking about your stupid cowboy hat. Yo, guys. Um, I'm trying to spread awareness for Dienda. Could you please uh, look it up on Google? Um, oh, my gosh. Please. <laughs> Please, it's <laughs> really concerning. All right, go ahead, Mark. Uh, <laughs> and back to you. Um, I don't know, man. There's, just like Rashari, actually kind of funny, because um, I was talking to him about a lot of things, and we only got, we only like scratched the surface of stuff. There's a lot of things that I want to talk to you about um, when it you know comes to college, when it comes to you know life fulfillment, and it's stuff that, whether you realize it or not, you sound very passionate about. Um and there's a lot more when it comes to art. There's a lot more when it comes to really anything. Um, so I definitely want to have you back on eventually, if you know you're willing. Um, I actually want to have your brother on because I want to because <laughs> I feel like what him and I are gonna do on his podcast is just make fun of yours. Don't have this loser <laughs> on. He's he is really just skip it if you're a viewer. Like just put that shit at zero views. Yeah. Okay. And He's that, a dork. Um, but that's that that's it, man. We got a lot more to talk about, but that's gonna be for next time. Son of a bitch. This was great. Thank you for being yeah, here. Great for you. Yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to take this opportunity to do more dumb shit. But yeah. Next time, sadly, right? No. Thank you. Thank you, Adam. I finished my glass of water. You didn't even finish. <laughs> All right, everybody. Till next time. Oh, pathetic. <laughs>